Everybody doing good? Yes. Psalm 65, verse 4. Blessed is the man that you choose and calls to approach unto you, that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, even of your holy temple. This will be part two tonight of a series we began last Wednesday night titled, Blessed is the Man. And uh, tonight, we're going to be looking at who the Lord chooses, because blessed is the man that the Lord chooses. And there's a lot of uh, uh, false thinking and false thought, I guess, false religion concerning predestination and how God chooses and and who God chooses and all that kind of thing. But if you're a, a person of the Scriptures and you're looking to and through the cross of Christ, the Holy Spirit will teach you the Word. He will, he will be able to righteously divide the Word unto you so that you can learn uh, proper, sound doctrine. And uh, there's 13 verses, if you wanted to do a little study on this, there's 13 verses in the Bible that have this phrase, blessed is the man in it. And all 13 verses are speaking concerning uh, the redemption plan of God. They're all tied to Calvary. They're all tied to what Jesus did at Calvary and the benefits, the effect of that. If you look at all 13 of them, Knowing what you know, you're going to see that they're all tied to Jesus and what he did and the benefits of that redemption plan of God. And tonight, when you read this verse, blessed is the man that you choose, everybody that God chooses, he chooses them in Christ. Ephesians 1 and 4 tells us that, that before the foundation of the world, God chose us in Christ. You have to learn that, that you have to learn to see things the way God sees them. Before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. That's talking about in God's schematics, in God's layout. From all eternity, it was there. It wasn't something that all of a sudden he did. It was uh, He set it in motion one day, but it was who he was eternity. For eternity, it's who he was. And... Uh, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. There God saw what he would have to do for the sins of man. And he also saw there when he looked at what he would do, who it was that would believe in that son. And there is where he chose all that are his people. That Nowhere else did God choose anybody outside of being in Christ, in the lamb. Nobody else did God choose outside of that. So, blessed is the man that you choose and calls to approach unto you. And remember this, as we read this tonight, that whoever God chooses, he's chose them to approach unto him and to dwell in his courts and to be satisfied with his goodness, the goodness of his house, even of his holy temple. Now, just a, a couple of other scriptures before we get in the main text tonight where we're going. And first one is in John 15, 16, where Jesus tells uh, the disciples, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. That's very important. You didn't choose Jesus, he chose you. Amen. 
You understand that? Jesus said, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. See, the choice of God always comes with benefits, always comes with action. Remember what we just read. Who, those who God chooses, he chooses them that they can approach him. They can dwell in his courts. They can be satisfied with his goodness, the goodness of his house. They, they can be satisfied with his holy temple, the dwelling they have in Christ, who is our new covenant temple. But Jesus said, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Those who were chosen, they're going forth and bringing forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now, everybody know Jesus one found you. You didn't go looking for him. He found you. He chose you. And remember what we touched on, I believe it was Sunday morning, that Jesus said that can't nobody come to him lest the Father draw them. And in John 17, he's praying. We touched on this too Sunday morning. In the prayer of Jesus in John 17, he, he's, he's praying and thanking his Father and, and, and declaring that all that are his, the Father gave him. So before we were Christ, we were the Father's. That's what the Bible says. We were being drawn by the Father to Jesus and we were chosen. But listen, <clears throat> we need to clear something up before we go any further. Every man, woman, boy, and girl has a choice because salvation is by choice. It's by choice. There's many proofs of that in the Scriptures, but the first and main one is that God was begging Cain to make the right choice, but he wouldn't. It was a choice, and he could have made that just as simply easy as Abel did, but his own flesh kept him from it. But he had the choice, and, and God appeared to him somehow and begged him to do the right thing, to make the right choice, and he chose not to. Amen. But he could have. Could he not have? He could have. If, 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 if Cain couldn't have, that means that God created Cain to go to hell, and that doesn't line up with Scriptures. Because the Scriptures say God didn't create hell for people but for the devils. And all the scriptures also say that it's not God's will that any should perish. And if it's not God's will that any should perish, that means everybody can believe. Because if there's some that cannot believe, if it's impossible, if it's too hard for them to believe, then the other scriptures are not right. So, we're straight on that. So the people that teach the false predestination, predestination is scriptural. We were predestined, but we were predestined in Christ Jesus to be conformed to Christ Jesus. The very image there, Romans 8, teaches us that. And so we had been chosen by the Lord, but he chose us, Ephesians, let's look at Ephesians 1 and 4 tonight, Brother Greg. Thank you for your labors there. Ephesians 1 and 4 says that according as he has chosen us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. See, look, 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 there's always something that follows you being chosen. 
Every time we've read this so far, there's something that follows in its actions. It's fruit of being chosen. Do you see it here? According as He has chosen us in Him, talking about Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us. There's that word. We're not going any further, but there's that word. But see, predestination is about what God did in Christ before the foundation of the world. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, but yet Jesus had to come and manifest that work. You are in him by choice. By trusting in that, it didn't happen before the foundation of the world, but it was in the plan seen by God. That's what I mean by you gotta, God has allowed you to see some things the way he sees them. Not everything because we're not God. But he's allowed you to see that before the foundation of the world, he gave his son in his plan and all that would believe in him before the foundation of the world. And God saw you in Christ before it ever even began, but yet you still had to be born. Christ still had to be crucified. You still had to trust in him to be born again. It all had to happen outside of just a plan. It had to become a reality. Amen. This is how God says in Isaiah 46, 10 that he's God and there is no other God. That's verse 9. Verse 10 says that he made known the end from the very beginning because to him everything was already finished. God ain't never started nothing that he hadn't already finished. Don't ever forget that. God had never started anything that was not to him already a done deal. It's finished. Amen. So tonight we're going to get over here in Matthew, Matthew chapter 22. And I know the Lord's going to clear up some things for us tonight in this chapter. Matthew 22 and verse 1. we got about 37 minutes. I might take 40. Hallelujah. But, uh, but we're going to get over here tonight and we're going to look at, at something about, let's first of all, let's scroll down and look at verse 14 in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. Because this is a, a verse we've heard for a, a, you know, a, a lot over the years. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. There's that word chosen. Blessed is the man whom the Lord chooses. Blessed is... Blessed... You're talking about it, the word in all these uh, 13 scriptures in the Bible that use this phrase, blessed is the man, that's talking about in this life, on this journey, in an experience, in your condition with the Lord. Blessed is the man. Amen. In all 13 of those situations, you have to be saved to experience them. So they all point you to Calvary. So I want to start out with verse 14. And then we'll back up and we're going to read this and we're going to see some things this evening that's going to help some of the hazy and cloudy places concerning this story be removed and gone forever tonight as the spirit of wisdom and revelation rests upon this body of believers. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for that. Glory be to God. Woo! For many are called, but few are chosen. Many means everybody. Many means everybody. But there's only a few that are chosen. And if you don't understand this story, you'll get prideful. At the root of all that false predestination stuff is the evil heart of man. He chose me, but he didn't choose you. Right. 
God gave his son for everybody. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. Hebrews 2 and 9. He didn't send his son for some. He sent his son for all men. That's good to know that, isn't it? You've not been left out. If you get left out, it's because you left yourself out. Mm. So let's back up to verse 1 and try to get as far in this as we can. And maybe the Lord, I just know he's going to show us some things tonight. And Jesus answered and spoke unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king. That's God. That's God. God the Father, which made a marriage for his son. That's Jesus. And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they wouldn't come. They wouldn't come. Again, notice this now. I want you something I want to see tonight is, is this over and over calling, over and over begging. Over and over reached by God. He don't just show up one time. It's been through the ages and it's just been constant, constant. Again, he sent forth other servants saying, Tell them which are bidden, called, Behold, I prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed. And I saw this today and I got excited because what God has prepared for the wedding feast Something had to die. Jesus had to die. To have a bride. You know the first Adam, God put, put him to sleep and cut his side and took a rib out and formed his wife out of his rib. The last Adam, the Lord that came from heaven, the Bible says that on the cross he was pierced for our sins and wounded for our iniquities. He was pierced. And out of that side came the bride of Christ that we are. But it took death. He says, my oxen and my fatlings are killed and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Man, that's the, that word there is still for right now. Amen. That word is still for right now. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways. One to his farm. Another to his merchandise. Oh, I wish the, I wish everybody claimed to be a Christian would read this. Mm. It's nice to have good things and blessings, but when they come in front of God, they cursing us and we don't even know it. Let's read it again, verse 5. But they made light of it. What did they make light of? The call to the marriage. And went their ways. Let me say that again. And they went their ways. One to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. Now you know this is the story of what they did to the prophets. This is the story of what they did to the prophets. Jesus said, y'all killed the prophets. Then he told them, they wrote about me. You ever think about that? You've heard me say it before. Jesus said, the scriptures testify me, but you kill the prophets. Think about that. No wonder they couldn't recognize him when he showed up. 
The remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies. How many of you know his armies were the other nations that came in and ramshacked Israel? See, all the armies of the world are God's armies. They're pawns in his hand. Russia, China, any country, all the our country, we're pawns. All the armies of the world are under God's command. Whether they're atheists or whatever they want to call themselves, he is the God of all the armies. And he uses them for his will to be done. Let's read this again. When the king... But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth and sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. This is exactly what happened to Israel at the rejecting of the call to the wedding. Verse 8. Then said he to his servants, The wedding is ready. But they which were bidden were not worthy. They weren't worthy. You know who's not worthy? People who won't come. You got something more important going on in your relationship with Jesus. By the way, if you're a Christian, you're married to Jesus. And let's talk about something that'll help us with this tonight. And the marriage in Israel was different than the marriage here in our country. And most, a lot, some other countries are like this still over in the east. And especially Israel in the day, they would come, the man would come and propose to a woman and she would say yes or no, and when she said yes, well, they were betrothed. The Bible calls it betrothed. It's kind of like Joseph and Mary. They were betrothed. They weren't fully married yet, but they were betrothed. And in Israel, that was as good as married. You could, if you did anything, if you mess, if you if you went out and had an affair with somebody else, that was grounds for the the marriage to be called off, or worse. But they, there's there was a betrothal time. In there, and in that betrothal time, she had to be prepared for when he would come and get her. Amen. I was noticing today in these stories in Matthew 22 and the one about the wise virgins and the foolish virgins and in that same 25th chapter, the story of the men who received the talents and they, some of them used it to bring increase and one didn't. And I got to noticing today in these stories how that there's a time that God offers you something and then there's a season and then there's the fulfillment of it. I, and the Lord reminded me about seed, time, and harvest. Amen. Amen. And, and I saw that today reading this because the Lord is offering the whole world to come, the whole world to, come to the wedding. And we'll see it here. But when, when you're married to Christ, you're, you're, you're betrothed to Him. We are betrothed to Him now. And we're on a journey, and we're waiting for Him, we're looking for Him, and we have on the garment because we're in Christ. We have on the garment, the wedding garment. We have it on now because we're in Christ. We're, we're children of God. So let's move on, and that may help you, and it may not. I hope it does. But verse uh, 9. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all, as many as they found, both bad and good. 
and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. Now, where was this? This has always been confusing to me because I've always wondered how did the man end up at the wedding and not be dressed properly? But he didn't show up. He didn't show up at the wedding banquet. He sh right now is this period right here. Right now is where you either got the garment or you don't. Right now is when you got the garment on or you don't. You're not going to heaven and then Lord look around and see if you got the right stuff on. You're not even going there if you ain't got the right stuff on. Right now is when this is talking about. Have you got the garment on? Have you been inducted into? Have you been welcomed? Have you experienced what it means to be born again and in Christ? Or are you wearing the wedding garment? Look. He said unto him, let's read verse 11 again. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there, there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how come, how camest thou? And I don't like that. You hear me? How camest thou? How'd you get in here? Not having on a wedding garment. And the man was speechless. The man was speechless. You know why he was speechless? Because he knew whatever he said didn't matter. Anything he said would be wrong. The wedding garment was his answer, but he didn't have it. You understand? Now's the time to have the wedding garment. It's not later. You're not going to heaven and find out when you get there you didn't have a wedding garment. You've got to have it now. You've got to have the wedding garment now. And the Bible says that those who believed in Christ, Romans chapter 3, righteousness has been unto them and upon them. You are robed in his righteousness. That righteousness, those fine linen, that's your wedding garment. That's why in the book of Revelation it's so important not to allow that, that garment to get stained to stay pure as a virgin only to the Lord Jesus Christ as his bride, pure, meaning we're not trusting in everything that comes along. We're not, we're not looking unto any, we're looking unto Jesus only. Our husband, the one that we're in a relationship with, the one that came and poured his blood out so we could be betrothed to him, married to him. We're married to him now, but the fullness of that marriage is going to take place when we're with him. Amen. We're betrothed. We're married now. Romans 7 tells us that, that we're married to Jesus. But so was Mary married to Joseph in a betrothed state. So you've got to have your garment now. And he said unto him, Friend, how'd you get in here not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. That just strikes me as strange. He, why, he couldn't talk. He, he, and it really it's because... Without a garment, there's no words that are going to help you. It's the garment that gets you in. 
And the garment is, is His righteousness. That's the wedding garment. That's the wedding gown. It's, it's, it's what Jesus came to robe you with. You know the story of, of, of Adam and Eve and, and they sinned and God came rushing into the Garden of Eden because he, could, he, he couldn't stand the distance that was now between Him and the people He created in His own image and He had to come and do something about it. And He gave them a promise of the Redeemer that would come, the seed of the woman, going to crush your head, devil, and you'll bruise His heel. That was God preaching the cross in the garden in type and shadow and he said hold it just a minute it's going to happen that promise is going to happen like this and God killed whatever it was a lamb or two and then he clothed Adam and Eve with the skins of the animals that was all picture in type of you one day believing upon the lamb of God who God would give on Calvary's cross and when you do you're clothed in his righteousness You're robed as the bride because that's where you were chosen at Calvary. That's where you were chosen before the foundation of the world. The bride of Christ was chosen in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Nobody's chosen, nobody's even called to the wedding without hearing the gospel. You've got to hear the gospel because the gospel, the message of the cross, is is the call to the wedding. It's not come to a wedding that God's performing. No, it's come to the Lamb. Come to the the one who died for you to forgive you of your sins. That's the only way we can be married to Jesus. Amen? So this guy couldn't even say anything. And again, I personally believe that... there's a, there's a time like, the, like the, 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 the five foolish virgins. They didn't have what they needed when it came time to go. They didn't have oil in their lamps. They had lamps, but they didn't have oil in their lamps. Amen. There was a season there that they had an opportunity to have oil in their lamps. They even saw other people with oil in their lamps, but they didn't get oil in their lamps. And when the time came to go, they didn't get to go. There was a season there. Amen. There's a season now God is giving humanity a call to the cross, to the place where you can be betrothed to the one who died for you so you can be married to him. You're married to somebody spiritually. Everybody's married to something or someone spiritually. And it's a whole lot better you be married to Jesus than somebody else. Hmm. You married to the devil till the Lord saves you. Hmm. And he said unto him, Friend, how'd you get in here not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot. Now listen, it's not like the guy didn't want to go. This guy's been in church all his life, but he didn't have a garment. This guy's gone through the motions. He's in the crowd. He's, he, he, looks like, he looks like the real deal, but he don't have a garment. See, God sees who's got the garment. It takes Christ to know who his bride is. Yes. Be, the church is filled today. I've heard Brother Swagger say it for 18 to 20 years. There's more people sitting in church today who don't know the Lord. They're not born again, a lot of them. They go to church because they feel good about what they're doing. They feel good about themselves. We, we got a church. We went to church. But a relationship with Jesus living for the Lord, Christ being first, His will being carried out, that's not the case. And the preacher comes along and says, well, you know, nobody's perfect. 
And that's true. But you got to be born again. There ain't no perfect born again people. But you gotta, but you got to be born again. That's when you get your garment. And then it's up to you to choose to keep your garment. It's up to you to choose to keep your garment. Amen. Let's read this again. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now this guy <coughs> wanted to go to the wedding banquet, but he didn't have the proper attire on so here can we say that just because you want to go to heaven doesn't mean you're going. Amen. Just because you know you don't want to go to hell doesn't mean that you're going to heaven. Just because you know there's a God who created all things doesn't mean you've got the, the wedding garment on. The wedding garment is the manifest fruit of what Jesus did for you at Calvary. It's the garment of righteousness. And again, the church is not perfect. We, we've got more problems today in the church than the church has ever had. I don't care what these preachers say that we're better off. We're worse off than we've ever been. We've got more divisional walls built up between us, uh, denominational men's positions and men's persons. And you, you read over there, I'm writing commentary on it right now in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul says... All y'all, if he was Texas, that's how he said it. All y'all are choosing Apollos or him or him. He says all of them. Everybody there. But, but it's right there in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and you see where the Holy Spirit's leading them to the answer for the preaching of the cross. See, that's, that, those are just a few verses before the Holy Spirit's leading them, but, but the preaching of the cross is the power of God. These men are not the power of God. These denominations that men have built, that's not the power of God. And the reason there's walls between us and no unity is because we're not all minding the same thing. We're not all speaking the same thing. We're not all of the same spirit. We're not all striving together for the faith of the gospel. If we'd all come back to the cross, the focus be the cross, the walls would go down. They ain't coming down. They're not coming down unless we all get back to where a focus on where we got our wedding garment. Hmm. Hmm. Notice, let's read this again. Then said the king, verse 13, to the servants, bind him, hand and foot, take him away. Boy, that looks ugly, don't it? He wanted to be there. You mean you're going to kick him out just because he ain't got the right clothes on? Yeah. You can't be in the wedding without the right garment. No matter what you did, no matter what you thought you did, the same book, Matthew 7, teaches that Jesus said, everybody that calls me Lord is not my people. He said, there's some at the judgment going to stand there and tell me all they did, and I never even knew them. All they did in my name, and I never knew them. That could have very well been this fellow here. He wanted to go, but he didn't have a garment. But he was speechless. He was speechless. Without the garment, you might as well be... Zip. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, 
but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Who are the chosen? The one who got the wedding garment. That's the only people who were chosen. The people who have the wedding garment. Who are they? People who are married to Jesus. People who are married to the Lord. Amen. Amen. We've got a few minutes. That, that, that You need to go home and read this. And, you, and the Lord will show you even more in this, in this story. But it's a very powerful story. It's a parable and it's, and it's about it's about the Lord throughout the ages trying to get everybody to come to the wedding. The wedding fee. Everybody. And most people ain't got time for it. Jesus said, you know, when I come, it's going to be as in the days of Noah. People going to be eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Ain't nothing wrong with none of them. But his 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 mindset when he said that was they're going to be into all that and they're not going to have time for the preacher of righteousness. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And the people that day, they were invited too to the wedding. And they all perished. Why did the flood wash all them people away except for eight? Because they weren't interested in the wedding feast. They were called to it just like we are. God has never had an age at all. There's never been an age where he wasn't calling people to the wedding banquet. I don't care even the 400 years that you go from Malachi to Matthew in that area, 400 years, somebody was calling somebody somewhere. Because God, they call it the silent years, but I'm telling you, somebody had the word and somebody was speaking the word. Amen. I know how rare it can be. The Lord has recently been revealing to me there's not a famine of the word. The famine is of a hunger for the word. Everybody got a Bible. Everybody got three, four Bibles. A Bible in every room. But what's lacking is a hunger to know the Lord. A hunger. Because you, you can't know him unless you get in the book. You can't know. You're not going to learn Christ by feelings. You're not going to learn Christ unless you're experiencing Christ. And you can't experience Him unless you're learning Him from the Word of God. What was that verse a while ago, Angel? Word of the Father made flesh. Now in flesh appearing. Jesus is the Word of God made flesh appearing among us for us to take our sins away but also that once he saves us and we become his bride and we're clothed in his wedding garment this robe of righteousness we can learn how to please him we can learn how to wait on him we can learn how to look for him you know Titus chapter 2 says that grace looks for the coming of the Lord. Y'all know that says that in the Bible? Let's look over together and at it. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. I, I believe it's in verse 12 maybe. Titus chapter 2 verse 12. Let's back up to verse 11. Better watch, watch out backing up. You'll be in Genesis 1-1. Yeah. 
It's all good. Hallelujah. Titus 2.11 For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to a few men. Does the Bible say that? All men have been called to the wedding banquet. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us, what is the grace of God? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly. Are you living by grace? If your grace is teaching you to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and to live soberly, righteously, because that's the garment you've been given, and godly in this present world. This is where we get the garment. This is where we keep the garment. Amen. You want it. You want the garment. You want more than a church pew and a preacher to, to do your funeral. You want the garment. Amen. The garment really is Christ. Verse 13. Looking. This, it's just, a, it's just a, a semicolon there. At the end of verse 12, he goes on. This is also the grace of God has us looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. See, you can't get, a, you can't get away from Calvary. The Bible doesn't get away from Calvary. Quit letting preachers get you away from Calvary. Quit letting your own flesh get you away from Calvary. The Bible will never lead you away from Calvary, but always to Calvary. Amen. That's what the Bible does. The Word of God will always lead you to the place where you can behold that which will enhance your view of the Lamb. If that ain't what's happening to you, you're looking at the wrong object. Hmm. Look at it. You see it, don't you? I hope you got it highlighted in your Bible. Grace has you looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Isn't that so good? Mm. We got about 10 minutes. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. Let's start there. Let me do, read to you. I'm just reading to the children tonight. Amen. That's like a Christmas story. It's the Word of God. My goodness, we got the Word of God. Can you, can you imagine how precious that could be? To have a Bible, to have the Word of God, to know it is God's Word about your family, all the people that have gone before you, that's your, fa that's your real family. That's your eternal family along with all those who have ever been born again. Hopefully, that's all those who are in your own bloodline. But these are, this is the history of your family. This is the history of your family. This word needs to be more precious to you than anything on the planet. You, you can't hunger and thirst after God and not be opening this book. If you do, you're living under some fairy tale spell. You've got to get in this book. Well, what if I don't have a Bible? Listen, honey, quit saying all that junk. You do have a Bible. See what we'll do? Well, what if you ain't got a Bible, brother? You got one. Quit asking dumb questions. And those that don't have a Bible, come see me. I'll give you a Bible. Amen. Amen. Bibles are cheap these days. Amen. The dollar stores got Bibles. Amen. Well, what if, what if, he, all if, what if, trying to escape, listen, because they're not hungry for the Lord. 
1 Corinthians 1, 23, y'all holding me up. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, my goodness, called to the wedding banquet, unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, and not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised, God has chosen. Hallelujah. Yea, and things which are not to bring to nothing things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Now we see here in this little excerpt of Scripture who it is that God chooses. It's all the nobodies. Because all the somebodies don't want to give up their position of Mr. or Miss Somebody to put on a cloak of humility. Because the wedding garment is a cloak of humility. Oh, it's very ugly to the world. And even most of the church today, it's very ugly. If it wasn't, they'd be preaching the message that brings humility to the heart. The cloak you wear is a cloak. This garment, this wedding garment, is a, is, it is a robe of righteousness, but that is a cloak of humility. It's a drabby looking coat. It's a foolishness. I don't know why they have to wear that, why they have to put on, put on like that. They said, why y'all got to put on like that? Listen, because we put Christ on. And they don't like him. Hmm, think about that. God has chosen us. Are you glad to be chosen tonight? Are you glad that he came and found you personally? We don't think about that enough. We don't think about that enough. When I was 11 years old, the Lord came and found me and convicted me of my sin, convicted me and told me I could get saved and if I didn't, I wouldn't go to heaven. I got scared and I wanted to, I, I couldn't have explained all that then, but that's exactly what happened. The fear of the Lord came on me and I, man, I, it's just a short story. I, I, my grandmama had been shot by a neighbor on purpose and killed when I was five and just a few years later, her husband, my grandmama, Paul, he got sick and died and death was there and I didn't know what to do with it and uh, the Lord was dealing with me through that death. Do you know the Lord will deal with you through death? That's why we preach the gospel at funerals. Because your day's coming. And one day there I was, I think I was in the fifth grade and I was just a stupid little kid. I ain't much smarter now. I took an ink pen, colored my whole hand, just black. All that wasn't a spot of white on this cover. And the teacher walked up to me and said, what have you done? What, what have you done? Don't you know you could get ink poison and die? And on the inside I was like, die! <laughs> and man, it wasn't long after that I got to thinking about that. I, and I went in, I'll never forget, walking in my, I see it like it was just a few minutes ago. I was 11 years old, and I walked in my mama's bedroom, and there she was, been over that bathroom sink in that mirror, painting the barn, and I said, Mama, what I got to do to be saved? I want to go to heaven. And she looked down at me, I was sitting on the foot of her bed, and she said, all you got to do, Curtis, is believe Jesus came to this earth to die for your sin, to forgive you of your sin. If you believe that in your heart, you'll be saved. And I'm telling you right there, sitting right there, I was saved. As soon as she told me, I said, I believe it. 
I believe it. And some years later, I got away from the Lord. And in June 1994, the Lord approached me again in the middle of the day on my job. I will, you need to learn to recognize what God is doing in your life. I didn't know it at the time. And most of the time, we do have to look back to see that it was God. And God was there that day in the middle of the day. And through a man just reminded me that Jesus died for me. He wasn't talking directly to my face. He was just back there mouthing where everybody could hear him talking normally and you've heard the story a thousand times and and, and he said do you believe Jesus died for your sins and and I was saying well yeah I believe that and I'm a long hair and earrings hanging out doping my britches and selling it to whoever wanted to do it in the building I worked in and all that and I said in my heart I said I believe it he, then he said that, then the preacher asked the people you know uh, do you believe he's coming back for you and I was standing up there thinking well I believe he I believe he's coming back for me and then he said well if you believe all that why are you living like you're living my lord and it was like there wasn't nobody there but me and whoever was saying that and it was a voice beyond the man because it made my heart go to thumping I mean it made my heart go to thumping and I've told you a thousand times what happened to me that day the lord was dealing with me and I said this on the inside without moving my lips but this is how I said it on the inside I do believe that I mean I got serious with me I do believe that why am I living like I'm living? And man, I went home that day, that month of June 1994, and told Robin, I said, I'm through with everything. I'm through with all. She said, through with what? I said, everything. What's that mean? I don't know, but everything, I'm through with it. I mean, I was a mess. Boy, I was a mess. But the Lord showed up again. See, he's, I'm telling you, he's still reaching. He don't ever stop reaching. He ain't throwing folk away. He's reaching for them. God ain't throwing folk away. He's reaching for them because he wants everybody to have this garment on so when they get there, amen. You, you want the garment. You want to be dressed tonight before you leave this church. If you're not saved, you're not born again. If you're watching online, you, before you get before we quit here, all you have to do is say, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. He came and died on the cross for my sin. For me, I'm a sinner. I'm a mess. I need a Savior. And He'll save you right there. You Listen, it don't have to happen in a church. It don't have to happen. No, it, right now is the time for you to believe and let Him close clothe you with that garment right now. It's always a right now moment. And if you saved, for us who are saved, we got to keep this garment unspotted. Read the book of Revelation. You'll see they had a problem. I think it's in Revelation chapter 3. They had a problem. Their garment was being tainted, being spotted. It's not because acts of sin that spot the garment. It's because you ain't believing in Christ and Him crucified. You trusting in something you're doing. Some man, some religion, some work, anything other than trusting in your husband and what he did at Calvary will put a spot on that garment. Not some sin doesn't spot the garment. It's the, what you're believing that's not right. That's another reason. Write it down. Check it off on the list that he always delivers you and me unto death. Because only there will we be able to keep our garment unstained, unspotted. Amen. 
I promise you, if you'll go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11 tomorrow in your Bible study and you let your eyes behold it and you say, I see it. And Lord, I might not understand it, but I want to. Lord, show me this. He'll show you this. And I promise you, every day, if not every day, almost every day, He's going to give you another reason that they keep piling up why that's the place He always delivers you to. The list, I believe, is endless. I believe it's endless as to why that's where He delivers us unto the death of Jesus. The main reason is because it's the only place your husband can be expressed. And that's why He married you and made you His bride so that He could express Himself through you. Amen. Your, your, your time of shining like a star, like righteousness, is in the ages to come. He's trying to shine through you right now because Him shining through you, you expressing your husband, your Savior, is His wedding call to others. He's trying to call the whole world. He's trying to call the whole Muslim population. And I just have to believe people are getting saved because my Bible tells me every nation, every tribe, and every tongue, there's going to be some, there's going to be a few. And right now, God's saving people. I know it because He's calling people to the wedding banquet. The message of the cross coming back on the scene in the church like it has is is God's wedding call. Getting stronger and stronger. As, his, as he prepares to come for his bride, there will come a time when it's too late. There will come a time when it's too late. When people die, it's too late. They either had oil in their lamp then. They either had the wedding garment then. They either, they, they either had used the talents to bring God glory with the increase of the Lord's plan, or they didn't. But now is the time. Now is the time. I love the song we sang tonight. Now is the time to worship. That's more than a song. Now. There's never a moment that your Lord is not delivering you unto the death of His Son. Because there's where you were chosen. There's where you have to be whole to be made in His likeness. There's where Christ is expressed. There's where you get moved out of the way and Christ can live through you. There's where you can keep your garment untainted. There is where it all happens and it does not happen away from there. Nothing happens away from there other than the pointing to there if you're not there. But once you are there, you're called to stand there. Be still and see the salvation of your God. That verse should mean so much more to us today. Be still and see the salvation of your God. That's more than just words. That's the place God's delivered you so you can behold your Savior and what He did for you at Calvary. Amen. Keep your garment untainted. We can go on all night, hallelujah. Keep your garment untainted. Amen. You get in the flesh every once in a while, don't you? Yeah, I know you do because you're just like me. More than we like to admit, don't it? Yeah, you do because you're just like me. We all got the same issue. We're trapped in this flesh. Amen. But we can't blame it because we get to choose. Don't forget, you get to choose. Well, I wish God would do in my life what He's doing in hers. He wants to. It's up to you. It's up to you. Choose. Choose you this day who you will serve. 
Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? We better quit.